everyone, and welcome to the Double Take Podcast. If you like great award-winning movies, then you're in the right place today, because today's episode is all about the Shawshank Redemption. So my name is Mark, and today, Terrence and I are joined by Colin. And if you're anything like us, you've seen this movie at minimum a dozen times. It was released about 30 years ago. It still holds up today as one of the best films out there. Uh, This definitely, definitely qualifies as a rewatchable movie. So the three of us had a great time diving deep into this film, and I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. It's time to get busy living or get busy dying. Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard all the evidence. This was revenge. He fired the gun empty and then stopped to reload. You strike me as a remorseless man, Mr. Dufresne. I hereby order you to serve two life sentences back to back. I send you here for life. That's exactly what they take. I'm Mr. Norton, the warden. I believe in two things. Discipline and the Bible. Here you'll receive both. Why'd you do it? I didn't, since you asked. <laughs> you gonna fit right in. Everybody in here is innocent. Hey, what you in here for? Didn't do it. He had a quiet way about him. A walk and a talk that just wasn't normal around here. On the outside, I was an honest man. Straight as an arrow. I had to come to prison to be a crook. Ah! I think it would be fair to say I liked Andy from the start. Think you'll ever get out of here? I don't think so. Open this door! I guess it comes down to a simple choice, Billy. Get busy living, you get busy dying. There's something inside that they can't get to that's yours. What are you talking about? Hope. All right, well, here we are. We are on the first episode of the Double Take Podcast. I'm really excited to, to be here with, with everyone listening uh, and even more excited to have two distinguished gentlemen with me today back again. Uh, if you've listened to Casual Nonsense, you definitely heard these guys. So with me, as always, is going to be Terrence. Terrence, good morning, sir. How's it going, Mark? Great to be here. I'm very excited about this. <laughs> it's going good. It's going really good for me, hopefully uh, for you as well. And, uh, you know, becoming a regular on the show, on all the shows uh, hi, Mr. Colin Ryan. Good morning, sir. Well, thank you. And thanks for calling me sir as well. I was worried <laughs> I might not get sir status. I'm glad I nailed the audition and I'm here again to talk about yep. like the best movie ever. So thank you for having me. Well, you know, this was, um, you know, and this was your pick, right? So no pressure, <laughs> but this was <laughs> no on your pressure. list. Yeah. <laughs> but I think we all agree, you know, we're, we're, if you're not sure, we're talking about the Shawshank Redemption, which we are, um, which <laughs> I should have prepared. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I think. You know, this movie's been around for, you know, 20-something years, 30 years, whatever, and we've all seen it 50 times and don't realize it. This is the TNT special, you know, the FX channel special, (laughs) like, where it's on, you just leave it on, right? So it has a special place, I think, in all of our hearts. So so that's the movie today. Why don't we dive into that, Terrence? Why don't you give us a a lowdown? I mean, everyone knows what it's about, but let's just, for safety's sake here... Yeah, a quick little run Yeah, give us a rundown for those in the cheap seats. All right, so yeah, The Shawshank Redemption is uh, about uh, Andy Dufresne, played by Tim Robbins. He is a man that is wrongfully jailed for killing his wife and her lover. Um, And it's all about his time in Shawshank Penitentiary, 
Uh, it's in Maine, I believe, and uh, all the, the friends and enemies he makes in there, uh, all the dealings. He's got Morgan Freeman in there, becomes his best friend. He's dealing with the warden, the guards. Um, and, of course, it ends up becoming a tale of uh, redemption and, and prison escape and all that. But, yeah, it's a pretty uh, amazing movie that's only grown in time. I love movies that have these, like, intricate intricate plans you yeah. know what I mean? Like the Ocean's Eleven types, yeah, yeah. like, you know, the heist, the escapes, The reveal like, of how it all went oh, down yeah, at the end. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Yeah, totally dope. I love that. And this was, um, I believe this is a, this was a Stephen King book. Yeah. Um, yeah, initially, a short story, right? yeah. Yeah, and then, like, Frank the Frank Darabont, yeah. Darabont, yeah. So, awesome, yeah. So, like I said, we, we've we seen it, we know how it is, we know how it ends, so, so that's good. Colin, we mentioned this movie's been around for a while, as have we. Um, so what's your, what's your thoughts on this? Like I said, as you're the, you're the Shawshank champion of the day. I mean, I just, I think like a lot of people, it was a movie that I didn't quite, I actually kind of missed it. Um, I was under the age where you could see rated R movies (laughs) when it came out in 94, I think. Yep. And so I didn't catch it till a couple of years later. And that's actually true of the movie. It was not a, it was a, a failure at the box office for some reasons we can chat about that are super interesting, but then it has become like the ultimate, like the top cult classic maybe ever in terms of it's not like a niche Rocky horror type of thing. It's like everybody agrees. It's a great movie that somehow failed at the box office, which I always think is really, really interesting for me. Each character in the story has a journey that is very like, thematically powerful and I think you can resonate with. I think the idea that there are prisons that we find ourselves in and that this is like a perfect metaphor for those. Like it doesn't just have to be an actual prison. It could be feeling unfulfilled in your life. It could be feeling lonely, you know, something like that. And and how do you push through? How do you do you persist or do you give up? And I think that's a theme in the movie I really love is the tension between should I hope that things will get better or should I not hope at all? Because that hurts. Right. And Tim Robbins character is just like hope. Why would you not hope? It's yeah. all about hope. That's I pretty think deep. That's pretty. Yeah. And I think that's something we all connect with. Yeah. And what do you do to survive? Like, yeah, Tim Robbins or like Morgan Freeman's character is worried about him that he's going to kill himself at one point because no one can kind of get a read on him and he seems depressed and prison life is, hell and he's got to deal with the warden and the guards and being locked up in solitary and all these different things. And like every man has a different way mm-hmm. of getting through the day and getting through his sentence. So you see that because it's not just about Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman. You see a bunch of their friends they make in the prison that don't get a lot of screen time, but they're still very fleshed out characters like the older guy, Brooks. Yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of them, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into all that. Do you like the era that this movie takes place in? So this was in the 40s, right? 47, I think it was. I'm a sucker for a period piece. So yeah, yeah they, yeah. they do this one really well. Like <laughs> okay. just the older music, the clothing, the cars, everything. Like, yeah, when you hit that right, like you got to do it right. You can't just mm. have a random, uh, that can't be a Tesla <laughs> pulling into <laughs> Shawshank. But but yeah, when, 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 a period piece is done, yeah. <laughs> when a period piece is done right, yeah, that, that really hits home with me. Okay. Uh, you know, this movie for me was, this was really my first dive into, like first experience with Morgan Freeman, mm-hmm. right? This was probably like, this is where Morgan Freeman became Morgan Freeman. Right. Cause mm-hmm. he's, he's in it, but he's narrating it as well, you yeah. know, and that's yeah. the Morgan Freeman narration 
career that he's become. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I want him to narrate my life. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> just in that cool, calm voice, <laughs> yeah. just, you know, and then Mark did a podcast with these guys, you know? <laughs> like, like, just bring that through. Mark you know? is doing really well right now. <laughs> <laughs> so things like that, like it's, uh, it's, yeah, this is where, this is where Morgan Freeman to me became Morgan Freeman. Uh, I mean, he's been acting for a long time prior to this, but. Well, if you, and if you think about it, it really is, he is the main character in the story. Like yeah. it's easy to think that it's Andy Dufresne, but we're hearing the whole story through the, through the lens of Morgan Freeman yeah. and has his own amazing journey, like not a prison break technically, but has his own transformation yeah. at the end of the movie. Yeah. Right? It's his eyes that we see yeah. most of this story through like Andy, even after he breaks out, like you're seeing Morgan Freeman, you're seeing how it affects him. He's wondering if Andy made it to where he's going. Like he follows, I'm skipping way ahead, but like he follows through once he gets out and it's, yeah. He it, does his thing. Yeah. I, at some point we just got to accept we're going to be spoiling a 25 year old movie. You know what I mean? At yeah. some point you got to go, <laughs> you had time to see the movie. Yeah, if you haven't seen it at this point. I can't be yeah, dancing on eggshells here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you like movies that are like, that are narrated? Like, do you like that overlay narration in movies? It's it's the kind of thing where I think it can be a cliche, and I think sometimes they say in screenwriting it's lazy to do that because it's sort of telling the audience what to think. But I don't feel that at all in this movie. In this okay. movie, it feels it feels poetic. If you think about it, he's saying things he wouldn't necessarily say to a group of other in dudes, yeah. right? He's talking about – there's a scene where he talks about like when you release a beautiful bird and your heart – yeah dies at the thought of losing it but you know it should fly free like that's beautiful like that's the kind of thing that you see that in the prison only showers you're getting your... beaten down yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice it's it's a combination of like it's such good writing but also morgan freeman his voice oh yeah like his persona of being like kind of the wise older friend like yeah. the combination of all that like this is as far as i can think the the best example of using narration well in a movie because sometimes well, you do it, and it yeah. like you said it is lazy it's like yeah. i i just Show me this with the movie. Don't tell me colors the movie and adds another dimension to it in this one. Yeah, I think so too. And you can't you can't go up any higher. You got like I said, you got Morgan Freeman, right? So if you're mm-hmm. gonna have someone narrate, you have Morgan Freeman. Yeah, right, you know. So we talked about the financials a little bit. So this movie had a budget of about twenty five million. Um, this was back in nineteen ninety four. Wow. I don't know how that equates to now, but so it made seventy three million at the box office. Uh, which isn't too bad, right? Until you start thinking about the other movies that came out in '94. Yeah. So I'm going to refresh your memory. It's a crazy a year. year. Yeah. Awesome year. So I'm not going to list them all, but you're going to know some of these winners. So <laughs> the top, the top movie in '94 was Lion King, and that yeah. made just under 300 million. I've heard of that office. one? Yeah, you heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite movies, uh, Forrest Gump, came out that year. Yep. I mean, that's another rewatchable movie that just it okay. never gets old for me. Like that's yeah. a movie that it's awesome every time. Uh, True Lies, which is a great Schwarzenegger movie. Clear and Present Danger, right? Uh, Speed, Terrence, one of your faves. Yep. Uh, Mrs. Delphire, Pulp Fiction came out that year. You just had a good, wow, eclectic view of movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what and, a list. And it's not necessarily in order. Lion King was the top movie. I don't know the order after that, but um, but just I just kind of picked some of the highlights of movies that I remember seeing that year. I'm seeing probably any of those movies I listed in the movie theater before I was going to see Shawshank in yeah. the movie theater. You know, just because, you know, call it the action, call it the popcorn movie, whatever it is, Shawshank's a movie where I want to sit on my couch and eat a meal while I'm watching it because I can enjoy it and just sit and relax, not in the theater looking for explosions and, True. you know, big soundtracks. Like, this movie doesn't bring that for you. 
but it makes you think. Like you said, it's character development. It's yeah. it's just a good film, you know. Yeah. So, but but you're right. It's a prison movie with no action of any kind. Right. Like maybe one fight at one point. Like it's very much like a. The word I was thinking of is intimate. There are all these intimate moments, like all these prisoners listening to Italian opera. Yeah. You yeah. know, there's very like beautiful kinds of moments. Well, it's good writing is what it yeah. is. Yeah. It's, you know. it's a great story acted really well. Yeah. yeah with great dialogue. Yeah. yeah. So directed by, as Terrence, you touched upon uh, Frank Darabont. Mm-hmm. Right. So this guy had, has done, I don't know how much of his history, you know, but okay. he went on to do the Green Mile. Yeah. Seen the Green Mile. He did the, Another the Stephen King story. Was mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we did. He did the majestic. I guess it's kind of horror, but he did the mist. It was yeah. Oh mist. yeah. Yeah. So one of the was... best endings to a movie. Ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that. Yeah. Good. Good show. Um, we will not spoil that one. No. Yeah. That is an incredible twist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So nothing. Um, nothing blockbusterish. If, if unless you consider those blockbusters. Well, well you got to mention the Walking, and then the Dead, Walking also. Dead. Also, right? that, that, that's where I first like. Obviously, I'd seen Shawshank by the time. The Walking Dead had come out, but I don't think Frank Darabont was someone I had in my head. Like, oh, I know who that is. Well, he didn't do all of them, though. Right, but he at the beginning, I think the first couple the, seasons, okay. the beginning, he was the guy okay, behind good. it. Yeah, so that that's where I attached his name to. And then it was one of those where I was like, oh, like I enjoyed The Walking Dead for a bit. My wife and I ended up giving up on it after a while. It became a little, little much. What um, you don't like twelve seasons and then six spinoffs? Yeah, yeah no, time? we got through like six or seven. <laughs> it was like, all right, I think we we've, we've had our fill. Of this. But it was yeah. one of those things where like. It was like, oh, Frank Darabont is doing this. And then, like, for me, at least, when I watch something, whether it's the director or actors or whatever, I like to look up. Like, a lot of times, an actor, you see him, I'm like, man, I know that face. What do I know him from? You look him up, and you're like, oh, yeah, I know him from that movie. But for Frank Darabont, I'm like, I don't know if I recognize the name. I look him up. I was like, holy crap, he directed Shawshank. That's unbelievable. Yeah, he's done a lot. That's cool. So kind of after the fact, kind of became aware of who he was. Same thing. Like, I didn't recognize him either. And then, you know, you see with some of the stuff he does, and you're like, okay, like, he's just... I don't want to say low key because his stuff isn't low key, but he just he picks the right projects, mm-hmm. and you know he doesn't try to be back to back projects. He's not Michael Bay blowing everything yeah, up, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like so, a little different in the namesake. Michael but... Bay's Shawshank Redemption. Oh, could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> That's I can't even picture it. <laughs> so this movie starred uh, Tim Robbins. Uh, this was um, I don't know if it was his first big movie it was probably maybe his first big movie because he was uh he was bull in bull durham yeah that's which where was, I was uh, probably his his breakout new, 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 new. Yeah. <laughs> all-time great character yeah love the name too but that's probably the first time you see him i mean he's been in other movies i mean he's in like the player and different things mm-hmm. no was it the player yeah yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. different movies that he's been in i mean i liked him in. i mean he was a top gun he was a co-pilot in the First Top Gun, I don't know if you knew that. I don't even I remember that. I know he that. was Cougar's wingman in the big Kudos opening scene. to you, yeah. Mark. So there you go. He was, uh, I forget his name. I, I didn't write it down. My buddy Jay's going to kill me because he's like, <laughs> if you don't know this, you know, Merlin. Boom, he was Merlin. There we okay. go. That's his name. There you go. Um, anyway, so he was in there. I actually liked him. Antitrust. Do you ever watch Antitrust? Yeah, yeah so, I don't remember well, but I saw that back in the day. That's a 90s movie, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, I think I have the DVD down there somewhere. Oh. So. That's how much I like it. He, You're like, I don't know about it. You have like a whole shelf of antitrust DVDs. It's coming up next week, Whoa. guys. So, yeah. He's into it. Ryan Phillippe? Is that yeah. thing of the right one? Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Good call. Yeah. I but he I plays like this like Bill then. Gates type character. So he was a little older. I think that movie came out in, uh, I think it was in the early 2000s, right? It's about- if I can jump in, I think his trajectory a little bit is he started out as Nuke Lelouch, this like wild card, crazy guy. And then I think 
after Shawshank, he kind of went more bookish and sometimes sinister and like a little bit more contained uh, yeah. not like a leading actor as much so i feel like he's Shawshank, got a suit and a briefcase and yes. lots of movies he's yeah, in. yeah yeah i feel like shawshank was his big yeah. leading man but i like when actors that, realize that when they realize like i don't have to be this tom cruise big yeah. personality like just be in a movie and be the best you whether you're starring in it or not like mystic river Oh, exactly. yeah, like, he's incredible in that He's movie. incredible in that. He's not the star, but yep. the movie's not the same without him. Sure. You know? Like, when you look at someone like Kevin Bacon, also in that movie, right? Kevin Bacon doesn't have to be the star of anything. Like, yeah, you yeah. put, yeah. You put him in a commercial, and I'm in. You know what I mean? Right. So, but that's what I love about an actor like Tim Tim Robbins. Is he's not he's not trying for that, hey, I'm not doing it unless I'm getting paid $20 million and I'm the star. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't have to be. And you know what? You know? It kind of works for him in this movie because he is kind of like an unassuming guy. Like he doesn't right. stand out. He just kind of gets through, and like that's why like the warden never suspects him, the guards never suspect him, and yeah. he kind of pulls this all off right under yeah. everybody's noses because he just seems like just a, a regular kind of guy. Yeah, he's a banker with no balls. Yeah, you know he's not going to do anything. You know, sure. Even yeah, the warden yeah. knows he didn't kill his wife or whatever. So yeah, he's unremarkable. Know. Yeah, he also seems very smart as a per like in real life. And I just had this thought, I wonder if it's because we all believe he is Andy Dufresne and he really did it. We're <laughs> you, like, you know, how'd he, you do it? You know, yeah, you know, he could do your taxes. You know, he and... could break out of prison and create a fake identity. You know, <laughs> yeah, you see him true. at a press thing does. and Some, you're like, how'd you do it? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. How much studying did he do for the role? Yeah. You know, now it's part of him. You mentioned a heist movie, movie earlier, Mark, and this is like a heist movie, but you never see the planning scene, which is always like the big scene yeah. in like Ocean's Eleven or something. So this only yeah. you, I'm gonna need you two get the trucks. reveal. I need this guy doing this. Yeah. We don't know why until they tie it together. Right? They don't show him grabbing a rope or getting, you know. Yeah. So uh-huh. it's like because he's so unremarkable, it's all happening in his head. He's like planning out this whole elaborate thing for. 19 years he's tunneling yeah but you would never think anything is going on because he's so well the thing about this movie like we've all seen it so many times and i feel like most people have and it's kind of tough to transport yourself back to when you first saw it because if you just watch this movie and you don't know anything about it Uh you don't know he's going to break out it could just be about a story about a guy becoming friends with another guy in prison and getting through it and you don't know there's going to be an escape and this whole big final 20 minutes of the movie like you don't know that but we've yeah. watched it so many times that every time you turn it on you're just waiting for like okay let me see him rip the poster down let me see him crawling through the tunnel all that love it but you don't know that the first time you watch it and it's kind of it's one of those movies that i wish i could see for the first time again like just to kind of have yeah. that same feeling knowing what the, you know about the movies. impact of the reveal when you finally realize what happened and you it takes you back and you see that he's he's empty in the dirt out in the yard out of his pants he's got the warden's shoes on he when he first chisels the wall and like a piece of it flakes off. like It's a lost art in movies, you know, because we've gotten to the, we went to this era of Marvel movies, right? Or superhero movies, but that's the stuff that everyone's been used to. And when you go back to a lot of movies in the nineties, they have these, these types of movies. These are, it's a one-off movie. It's a movie for adults, you know, it's a you, patient movie. It's a yeah, like nice. usual suspects. Like they wait for the yeah, reveal. Absolutely. And yep. then it just hits you like a ton of bricks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just don't see enough of that. And I hope that we're making a swing in Hollywood to get back to some of those because that's what's really entertaining. Yeah, like, yeah I sure, I like the action. Sure, like, like I'm going to watch all of them. But th- this holds up. It does. I mean, this is as powerful now as it was 25 years ago. Exactly right. That's something. That's something really special. 
So we talked about uh, Morgan Freeman a little bit. In my opinion, his peak role. This is peak Morgan Freeman. This is when after this movie, he's you know pick your pick your movie how much you want. Uh, I mean, he's not an action star. He's just the guy you want in the movie because no matter what he's doing, he's delivering. You know what Gra- I mean? Yeah. Gravitas. Yeah, there you oh, go. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's not <laughs> delivering these powerful speeches like like a Denzel or something like that, right? But but he probably could. Yeah. But he's just. He's he's another one where he doesn't have to be the star. Yeah. He's just going to come in there and as a supporting actor or whatever it is. This movie, like he had a great career before this. He was Unforgiven and Driving Miss Daisy and a dozen other things. Yeah, but like this is like he was a made man after this. Like he played God. He played the president <laughs> of the United States after this. Like yep. you can't really take on any bigger kind of important roles like that. Like not everybody could have a role like that. But he had such like you said the gravitas. Like just the the respect, the the presence to pull off something like that. And I think when people think of Morgan Freeman, they think of him yeah. from this movie. They think of this voice. They think of this era of his yeah. career. My favorite roles for Morgan Freeman. I mean, this one is is probably one of them as well. So we'll see if you guys agree with some of these roles. I think him in the in the Christopher Nolan's Batman playing Lucius Fox, I yep. thought was yeah. a good role. I liked him a lot when he played Alex Cross. Kiss the Girls. Oh, yeah. Along Came a Spider. Those, yep. those roles. Like he, good detective. You know what I mean? Like... He's a thinking man's actor, you know what mm-hmm. I mean. One of my personal favorites movies of all time is going to be is the Robin Hood when he played uh, with oh, Kevin yeah. Costner. So he played Azim in that. Sure, um, I'm probably on the on the minority of people that loved him in that role, but I thought that was a pretty good. You he's know, good spot at everything there. he's in. I don't know if you've ever seen Gone Girl. That's like a more challenging role. Like usually Morgan Freeman is like the friendly, like like he he's a good character. He's someone you can empathize with. Mm-hmm. In that movie, I don't know if you've seen that, it's a very complicated role. Oh, yeah. It's like, Casey did he Affleck, make the right, right. decision? Yeah, is, yep. is, is he good? Is he bad? Like, Are you talking about Gone Baby Gone? I am talking about Gone, <laughs> Gone Baby Gone. <laughs> yes, thank you. Mark, cut like, that. Gone Girl. <laughs> horrible. No, not Gone Girl. Bad I Apple. could not come up with... Well, uh, who he was in Gone Girl. I'm leaving now. You guys have fun the rest of this podcast. Well, Mark knew what you meant, and you both. And I was like, "Am I crazy?" I think Gone Girl is is Ben Affleck, and I think Gone Baby Gone. Yeah, actually, yeah, they both yeah, got yeah, Affleck. No, yeah. Easy but to confuse. No, this them. is just uh, my brain's not so big, so I, I messed. <laughs> All right, cut. Take two. Yeah, no, uh, man, yeah. That's, Gone, keep it in. That's Gone Baby Gone. It. And actually, we mentioned Mystic River before because Tim Robbins was so great in that. That Gone Baby Gone was written by the same author totally. that wrote uh, Mystic River. Look at that, you, connecting the dots. Yeah, that, yeah that, that, that's a great movie, see, too, I and a great performance by him. Not to mention the title is, like, practically the same, so yeah. I see it. Nice. Okay. It makes you more relatable, you know, with all of your knowledge. Just you. show how stupid that is. Wildly, <laughs> okay human, wildly right? miss a title. <laughs> oh, boy. Welcome to the premiere episode of <laughs> yeah. The Double Take. I, I'm, I'm your movie expert, Terry. We're well, working up the kinks. All right. <laughs> the supporting cast in this, besides, I mean, we've got the two main characters – you got Bob Gunton, right? He's the the warden, yep. right? If you look, he, I mean, this dude has a, over 140-something credits on yeah. IMDb. Like, so he's in a lot of things. But he's just, again, he's he's that guy. You know what I mean? You see him, and you're like, oh, yep. that's the guy. That's the warden. He, he could this. play any role until yeah. the end of time, and he will always be the warden. Yep. From be Jewish. a lawyer, be someone's <laughs> father, be, yeah. you know, whatever. He, he actually did. Um, he's also really good at that role, like the the jealous, evil guy man in right? power kind of role and, yeah and i remember years later i watched one of the 900 jesus movies like that some of them are theater some of them are tv some of them are like i don't know even know which one it was but he played was it gone gone girl was it gone, yeah 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 it was, yes. it was starry <laughs> was Morgan in Freeman, religious movie, in gone, of gone girl fame <laughs> 
This is going to become a thing, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> and he played Pontius Pilate or the head of the that rabbis or something. Right so him. he played the same dynamic is what I'm getting at. Okay. Like he was the je- the one who was jealous of Jesus and like didn't wasn't on board, right? So I just say that to say like some characters are brilliant at a type of dynamic. Oh yeah. Right? And he was so perfect at that. And I think in you're right, in this movie is like his most iconic role because he's this hardline Bible quoting pious man who won't allow blasphemy, but is uh allows abuse, extortion, it's theft, corrupt. Yeah. Lies, yeah. like Total corruption. Hypocrite. I mean he's like couldn't be more corrupt. Yeah. Right. Right. You could do every other sin except yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you also had uh William Sadler in this. Yeah. So this guy again, this he's been in so many movies. Over 180 is what I counted on uh IMDb. Whoa. I counted. It's listed there. I just pulled the number out. Um <laughs> he was in Hard to Kill, if you remember that from mm-hmm. Steven Seagal, like mm-hmm. he was the senator, right? Was say, I'll take that to the bank, I think is what he always Oh, the, the, I'll take you to the bank. Take that to the, the bank. blood bank. Yeah. <laughs> But he was in Die Hard 2. He was Colonel Stewart. In Die I Hard just two. watched that. I was my my wife say, and I always watched yeah. Die Hard. I was going to say it was the Lethal Weapon 2, but I think it's Die Hard 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. So he's in there, and um, he played the president in uh, the Marvel Universe, like in uh-huh. Iron Man 3. Oh, that's right. He was okay. the president there. So he goes from, from Shawshank, where I feel like it was kind of a supporting role. Like he, he takes a supporting role, but then he's had major roles, like, you know, Colonel Stewart in Die Hard 2. I mean, you behind Bruce Willis, of course, but that's a bigger role for him, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. I just, you know, he's one of those actors where he's going to deliver no matter what he's doing. Oh yeah. So, he's had a great career. Like, so this just gets back to the casting for this was just, was great. You know, And he I mean? was the kind of the comic relief, right? I mean, he was the, a bit of the buffoon of the, of the crew. Like he was yeah. putting his foot in his mouth. He's in the library singing at full volume. Yeah. Old <laughs> yeah. Williams, you know, he picks up the, Precious gem, and it's like a, it's like a crustified oh, yeah. crap, yeah. you know. So he's kind yeah. of that guy, and yeah, he was great. My uh, my ultimate favorite is Clancy Brown, right? So this is the head of the guards. Yeah, this guy. If you look it up, this is this number is real. Over three hundred and thirty credits. This guy has. He's a voice actor, and he's incredible. Like he does. Yeah. he's everywhere, right? That's yeah. why I love Clancy Brown. I mean, this is this role is perfect. For him too, because he's like six five, whatever he is. Yeah, like he's, he's very just, imposing. He, yeah, he's a stocking individual. When you look at his credits, like he does like kids' cartoons. Like he does voices. <laughs> he's on SpongeBob. I think he's Mr. Krabs on SpongeBob. Is he so, really? Okay. The, the range that he brings is fantastic. He does video games, he does cartoons, like he's everywhere. I wonder if kids look him up in the credits. <laughs> From SpongeBob, and they go, "Oh, what else is he in?" And they go, "Oh, Shawshank." And then th- that way, a child can watch Shawshank Redemption. You know, <laughs> just a double feature, just like a natural progression. Yeah. yeah, like oh, it's a little different than on the cartoon. Why is Mr. Krabs punching that guy in the stomach? I don't <laughs> yeah. understand. Uh, yeah, but he's uh, but he's incredible. I think in anything he's in as well. So again, the cast was just fantastic. You know, when you have these professionals that just deliver their lines, great. You know, and when you watch a lower I don't say lower budget movie, but when you like, you can tell the difference. If you watch a straight to video, if you're watching Sharknado Seven or whatever, there's just not the same 
like chemistry and acting chops that take place as when you watch these. And it's a movies. shame because they're really, really going for the awards. They're thinking Shark Tank. Yeah, I, I defy you to tell me that's so. inferior <laughs> Big to Shark Tank. fans, are we? <laughs> I don't know if you've seen Sharknado Redemption. Uh, it's sort of a departure from the series. <laughs> Very you know dramatic. What? I'm going to put that on my list. That's, that's coming next week on the double take. No, we do talk about that though, Mark. Like anytime we talk about a movie, it's like one of the most underrated things is like, kind of the background cast, like the lesser characters, not the stars. Like you could put Tom Cruise on the movie poster or Leonardo DiCaprio on the movie poster, and that's great, and it's usually going to be good. You know it'll be good if guys like that are in the movie. But when you've got this whole like cast of a dozen characters that maybe they're each only on screen for like eight or ten minutes, but they all bring something to it. They're all well acted. They all have yeah. fully dimensional characters. Like this movie has that in spades. So Yeah, yeah. I agree want to give credit to one more uh, person, which is Stephen King. Uh, for research, I read the novella, Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank oh, Redemption. Oh, man, put it to shame. And, uh, well, I actually read it a long time ago but because I've <laughs> loved this movie a long time. But the, what I remember is two cool things. Number one, most of the iconic lines from the movie are in that are, novella. Okay. So you get a little chill when you're like, Wow, like get yeah. busy living or get busy dying is in this, you know, old mm. story, the first version. And then the other really cool thing is the focus of that novella is the Rita Hayworth poster. Like that's the yeah, opening the line yeah. is he says in 19 whatever, Andy Dufresne asked me to bring Rita Hayworth to the Shawshank Prison. Okay. That's like the opening line. Yeah. So if you think about it from the function of the story – the big twist at the end of the movie is being hidden by that poster. That's what Chekhov's gun. They say, yeah. right? Like you show it yes. at first and then you come back to it exactly. later. So the opening line of the novella is the sort of the, the hit what's underneath that is, I don't know what you would call it, but it's just like, it's really cool in the sense that the opening line of the movie is hinting at the big twist. Yeah. And then it's you forget right about there. it and then it circles back. Yeah. Which and is, you go, wow, that's yeah. really cool that it, cause in the movie it's a little sort of shows up in the middle. Like, Oh, one year he wanted me to get a, yeah. Um, Raquel Welch. So yeah. Loren, whatever he had on his wall. Yeah. That, that wasn't necessarily that one being yeah. the all important thing, but yeah. Anyway, it, it's really good. It's a little different. I think the ending is different, but I cannot remember. Oh, I'd like to, know uh, at this is. point I, I read in the, in my preparing for this, that, the ending for the movie that the director wanted was not the ending we saw. It was darker. Did he not survive in the? I I don't the remember, but I that's what the that's or I I didn't read that far, but that's what they said was that it was more of a somber ending. Too many words, and I then they up. showed it to audiences, or the studios looked at it and they were like, "Nope, we need like a a big positive ending," which is ironic to me because I think they were absolutely right. I think yeah. that's what makes it so good is it's so dark for so long and then they get what they wanted. And, and it's it interesting. I know Stephen King's one of the most prolific acclaimed authors ever, yeah. but I know one persistent, if there's a criticism of him is he doesn't necessarily end his books well, like not yeah. always, but that's, that's been a, that's been kind of lingering with him that his endings aren't always the best. So uh, it's interesting to me, that he had this, he had Stand By Me, which was off of his short story, yeah. The Body. And those are pretty much agreed upon as the best two adaptations of his work. And they're both mm -hmm. short stories. And he's had a ton of his novels converted into That's movies true. that with yeah. varying levels of success. But I wonder what the reasoning is behind, oh, these two short stories are the ones that really hit and have really stuck with people. That's and a great and like you're saying, maybe if if they change the ending, maybe maybe that was it. Like you get a director that puts his own imprint on it and you get the best of both worlds so yeah 
not just that, but so much of the dialogue and the characters are what's in that story. So I think I wanted to mention that as our final cast example or not miss a chance to say it because it's like he made each of those people have those arcs that all flowed together and led to that, the great story and the dialogue. And it really is. It's really cool to read. You're like, I'm, wow. I'm, I'm going to go read off. this at some yeah. point. I don't know why I have it. I like Stephen King. So. <laughs> the dude that played uh, Tommy. There was the greaser dude that kind of yeah, came in. That yeah, Andy teaches to read and all yeah, that. Yeah, that actually was uh, supposed to be, it was almost Brad Pitt playing that role. Oh, wow. So a young Brad Pitt in 94. Oh, wow. Um, and went to I could see it. I, I, I'm trying to think where exactly he was in his career, but he wasn't like huge yet at that point. No, right? 94, I don't think so. That was... What year was True Romance? Like he had a small role in that and he was like kind of popped off screen around 93, then, right? Yeah, yeah. I think True yeah. Romance was 93. I, so I could see something like that, yeah. He was, uh, he was lo- Floyd. Floyd the roommate. Yeah. True romance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that movie's coming on this show because that's one of my favorite oh, movies. That's, yeah, that's a great one. So many talk about like great supporting actors in there, and that's a Tarantino was writing. Anyways, we're, oh, yeah. But know. but the guy that plays Tommy is great. Like he's not he's another one. He's not on he's no slouch. for a yeah. long time. Mm-hmm. But like that's kind of the impetus for Andy to really I mean, I guess he'd already had his plan in motion at this point, but like at that point he knew like he couldn't take it anymore. Like he was never gonna get out. Like this was proof that he hadn't murdered his wife the warden knew it and he still wasn't going to do anything about it so yeah. he serves a really important function in the story for sure yeah. so uh just to blow through the story uh quick here i know we talked about a lot of it if you haven't seen it then that's a different problem for you so go see it you talked a little bit about the, the opening scene like you figure out what he's in what he's in jail for you know what what's he what's going on i thought like i thought the judge in that was kind of a dick yeah, <laughs> right? like, and maybe that's what they were in the '40s. I don't know, but it's like this guy make it makes an argument. I mean, to be fair, the argument against him was pretty compelling. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But I don't know what his defense attorney was doing. Like, I don't know how you. There was no forensics. Like, do they right, have yeah. like uh, gunpowder residue? Yeah, that's you know the thing I mean? about it being set back in the '40s. Is like they kind of had a different standard yeah. burden of proof yep. on it. But yeah, I thought he was pretty opinionated. Um, you see, when the bus gets there and they're all betting on. Who's going to yeah, cry first or whatever, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So And Red bets on Andy. Yeah. Which is pretty amazing considering, like, the evolution they go through and their friendship and where they end up in the end. Like, Red think, Red sees Andy and thinks this is the guy that's going to crack on the first night. And he didn't. Like I said, he was the, the smart the smart silent type, if you will. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you just see, like, whenever you watch – whenever I watch, like a, like, a prison movie, right – First off, I come to the realization that prison life sucks and I don't ever want to go. <laughs> right. Yeah. So so I don't think I'll ever murder anybody. I don't want to be in that world. You know what I mean? That's or, your that's your reason. That's just, <laughs> just to clarify for the listeners. Or have you created a podcast where you can give yourself this cover so then when someone turns up that's right, that's a body right. turns up later, you'd be like, Listen, I'm on the record as saying <laughs> I would not murder somebody. I would not murder somebody. No matter <laughs> Can't what. Can't be me. I'm gonna have to contact my lawyers at this point. <laughs> I feel like I might be part of something. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, for the record, neither of these two said that they would not murder anybody. So. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not ruining it. I would not murder anybody. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, you see these things like the prison life, right? There's never like this is what I know from prison movies, right? There's never like a like a new prison. It's always been around for whatever numbers of years. Yeah. You know what I mean? The cells are shitty. There's blood on the floor or whatever it is. Is there any new prison construction? You know what I mean? Like if you're an inmate and you're being transferred to. Uh, you know, you know, Alcatraz. If it's ever whatever, new, right? it's like, like the new state of the art prison designed so like you can never escape or something right, like that. Right. Yeah, yeah like, it's not amenities for the 
such as stone walls. And, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true too. That's true too. Yeah, I don't want to go there. So that's it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you were convinced. <laughs> yeah, just so we're just so that's clear and laid out on the table. The actual right prison is in Ohio, where they filmed it, and okay. it is a it's a big spot for ghost hunters. I know Ooh. this because I have a ghost hunter in my extended family. Really, and you can go and like stay there. And like, listen for activity. They're way into it. I'm just giving you the surface, but mm. that is apparently a spot that's well. Of course, it would be right. It's an old prison. Yeah, right. you it was think an actual about prison. People who died there and what happened there. And Tommy's yeah. ghost still haunts the place. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. And you like, you're right. That it's very gothic and dark and old looking, and I think that adds to the setting of the story and. You're talking about the betting on who will cry first. And I realizing now how brilliant that scene is because it's showing you the prison, but in this almost like comical way, like this almost lighthearted way until the guy cries. And then the Clancy Brown comes and starts just like beating this guy to death, basically. Yeah. yeah. And it's all of us. It's like the record drop or the needle drop moment where you go, wow, no, no, this is. A horrifying yeah, place. Yeah, it's not a joke. Yeah. And I right. think it also is important to paint the characters that we grow to care about throughout the movie, like Red, Morgan Freeman, and William Sadler's character. Like, they're betting, like, they're they're not good people. They're they're in prison for a reason, but they've also adapted. Yeah. Like, this is what they're the used to prison it. ecosystem is like. This is what life is like. Like, you got to keep yourself entertained. You got to find a way to get through it. And so, like, there's other human beings being put in there that maybe good people, maybe not. Maybe they're innocent, maybe they're not. But still, like for sport, you're betting on which of them is going to crack, and you know whichever one does is going to get the baton at the end of the night. So that's how they meet Andy. Is Andy's at the table next to him, and they find out the next day that he went to the infirmary, or they think that he died. Yeah. And Andy says, "What was his name?" And they yeah. all have these different reactions. One who's like, basically, yeah, what's furious. the matter? He's like, dead. why would you even ask that? Yeah, yeah. And it's because he is like coming from this place of heart and kindness that they're like. Yeah, and it shows how prison kind of cuts here. off that humanity totally. part of you. That's a good segue because now he sits at the table. Now he, he basically meets meets all these guys, which becomes yeah. his crew or whatever. So, you know, it kind of moves into that next phase where, you know, he, he starts talking with Red a little bit. And I like one of the scenes when he's like, you know, why do they call you Red? And he's like. Because I'm Irish. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's Morgan Freeman, right? Because I think the role initially, I think when Stephen King wrote it, I don't think he wrote it as a, yeah. a black man. I, think I read he wrote this. It. He was an older Irish man. Yeah. White. Yeah. And they just stuck with it, which I think was great. Which you even know? without that, it just cracked me up because of the percentage yeah. of, of black Irish people in the world is incredibly <laughs> right. small. So I just love that he was just kind of like messing with them. He's like, maybe because I'm Irish. And then just like no explanation. Well, you know, he's just he's such a funny guy. I don't think there was any other. I think Morgan Freeman was the only black guy in the prison, at least in the main cast. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't think I saw any in the yeah, background wow. either. I so if even you that, go back yeah, and look through right. that, it seems weird. It seems like they would have, you know, put more in there just to, you know, I don't know. I, yeah, totally. It's a dynamic they didn't get into. Like you watch a prison movie today, right. and it's like you got the the Aryan race. The, and the, the race Mexicans is a dynamic. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. and they they didn't Not touch in that. that. Movie. Maybe in the 40s that wasn't a thing. I, I don't know. Well, well this is the part of the movie where you see, like, they become friends, they become close in the end, but really the way they get to know each other is through, like, a transactional relationship. It's mm -hmm. like, I've heard you're a man that knows how to get things. That's how Andy and Red get together. And then yeah. Andy ingratiates himself to all the other guys by, like, 
getting them beers on the roof when they're when yeah. they're tarring yeah. the roof. So like it's all about what can you do for me? Oh, you help me out? Now you're my friend. Now I'll help you out. And that's how that's kind of the nature of how uh how you develop develop a relationship in this sure. prison. I thought that was a cool a cool scene with the beers on the roof scene. Oh yeah. Where you know, it's almost like like Andy didn't there was no he didn't care about the boundaries. Like he didn't care what happened to him. He was just like it was his one way of, you know, as I think Morgan Freeman says it, of kind of having his normal life again because he's mm-hmm. able to do taxes or, you yeah, know. Yeah, he didn't stuff. even drink a beer. He just sat there with like a little yeah. smile on his face, just, just happy he, that his friends were. But when he walks it. up to the guard and he's like, hey, can you can do this? Like, he didn't care if he got thrown off a roof. He was Yeah, like, he almost did. He was just like, hey, this is what you can do. Like, this is what's up. You know, at that point, like, that's, I think, when the, the story kind of takes a turn where you see that character development at that point. Okay, this is how smart this guy is. It's not just he's just building chess pieces. You know what I mean? Like you realize what he knows. It sets the stage for the rest of the movie because we said how he's, you know, he, he's a thinking man, right? He's just like, yeah. oh, he's, he's smarter than everyone else. It's in his head. This is where this begins, at least for us to see it. You know? Yeah. yeah. And he's also got this sense of justice. Like the whole movie takes place in prison. You'd think justice is a main theme of it, but with the warden, justice doesn't matter. He doesn't care if you're innocent or not. The the guard, he doesn't care if you're a good person or not. Even if you've had a good interaction with him before, he'll beat your head in yep. if you cross him the next time. But, like, Andy, like, he was innocent. He always had knew this. And so, like, he always was kind of working towards getting justice for himself but also justice for the people in there that deserved it. Like, th- like these guys were good guys. They, they took care of each other. Like, they're treated – yes, they're prisoners. Yes, they're serving their time. But, like, they don't deserve half of the things that happen to them in there that they're subjected to. So, like, Mm -hmm. this was his one opportunity to kind of give them a little bit. That showed you who he was. You know, you mentioned, like, the prison ecosystem, if you will, right? He helps uh, Clancy Brown's character out, and I forget his character's name now. Hadley. Hadley, thank you. He helps out Hadley. And then now Hadley puts the beating on Boggs because Boggs keeps trying to, you know, he's trying to rape Dufresne the entire Five first five years yeah. there or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Don't rate my accountant. <laughs> right, well, pretty much, right? So he had that kind of protection to be like, oh, this guy is helping me out, so like he's protected. The scary thing about prison is, is like it's the whole, you help me out, I'll help you out. You know, don't cross me or oh, you're shanked or whatever yeah. it is, you know. But yeah, then he starts writing all the letters and he's doing his thing. Uh, he gets the library built with Brooks or whatever. And then, like, I don't know how many years into the movie it was, but when he when he takes the uh, the opera singer and he's playing the music, yeah, and he's he's playing that through. I think I don't know was that ten years in. I'm not really sure, but I feel at that point is when he started to kind of crack up a little bit. Like he was like, okay, might not even have been that long. I think I it know. was the first. It was actually the first response. So he was writing a letter a week, and then they sent him a check for two hundred bucks. And a couple boxes of books. As long as he'd leave them alone. Yeah. But he does. And yeah. he doubles his And then he goes, now writing. I'm going to send a letter every day <laughs> yeah. or something. But in that, those boxes was were the records. And that's when the, the guard kind of sneakily, when the ward's not looking, is like, good for you, Andy. Because he knows how hard that was. Yep. And then he goes to the bathroom. And that's when Andy's like, you know what? I'm not here to Yolo. make friends <laughs> yeah. with the yeah. warden and the guards. I'm here to feel... Something because it's beautiful. Just do something because it reminds us of life out there. And I think that's why that scene is like all the prisoners standing in the yard listening to the music. I think like that's a poster you've probably seen. Like that's such an iconic image and such a beautiful scene because they're all just like we're not in prison right now. We're in music. We're in this memory of. And I think Morgan Freeman says it like I, I don't know what that lady was talking about. 
Yeah, it was great. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> something too beautiful to put into words. Yeah, you know? yeah. Which mm-hmm. is, yeah, I thought that was would nice. be funny if you were Italian because you'd be like, oh no, it, it, I can <laughs> tell you exactly what it means. Did you understand <laughs> it now that you've, <laughs> you've taken not. some Italian no. lessons? <laughs> <laughs> Duolingo didn't teach you that much. It didn't prepare me for uh, that scene. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna when we come back to this movie later. Uh, you know, wow, we're, that's, we're gonna... that would have been research if I'd looked up the lyrics <laughs> to the opera. <laughs> we'll call that a missed opportunity, but my bad, you know, my bad. I'm sorry to bring the room down. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, then it just you know that's him getting. I don't want to say getting comfortable, but comfortable enough. But I think he got what he get two two months in the hole for that or something like that or a, right, like yeah. a month, which which sounds so ridiculous when you think about it. Like I don't know what being in the hole consists of. Like you're there all day, you get to. You get fed Nothing. maybe twice. Tiny little room, start. Yeah. Get out for an hour. Do you get like any yard time for an hour? I don't. I they don't, don't know. say. But yeah. also, you're alone. That's a massive. Yeah, no interaction. Impact. Yeah. To just be alone. You're in darkness most of the time. Yeah. It's, yeah. With the rats, you got the rats in there with you. <laughs> because I just watched it, I can tell you, he got a month in the hole for the opera incident, and then later in the story, when he reveals the truth about Tommy, like who he's actually innocent. That's when he gets two months. Yeah. He gets one month. Right. And then yeah. another month thrown on top of it adds it. another month. And yeah. I think that's because the warden has now we're aware that the story's changed. Like now he has the proof that he's innocent and the warden's going to erase that proof because he's the most valuable man to him, to his criminal empire. Yeah. And so I think that's like, it's interesting. how it sets that up that then it's like two months Seems they even talk about how we don't even know anybody who's ever been in more than a month. Yeah. So in the end of the movie, he puts him in for two months. It's like an unheard of punishment. And not only that, the warden needs him to like help enrich himself through these corrupt totally. scams and stuff, but also that Andy has a line that like he says it's almost like a passive aggressive way. He's like, "Oh, don't worry. Like I would never say anything about anything we've yeah. done in here if I ever got out. You don't have to worry about that." And the warden is like, "Oh, this guy is a threat. Like I can't." Not only can I not let him out because then I won't have somebody to run these schemes for me, right. but he will expose them, and this makes me vulnerable to prison or getting caught myself. Yeah, so, why wouldn't the warden be like, "All right, well, I'm going to put you on the payroll after this. Like, let's, you know, can you keep working for me on the outside? I'll help you get out." Couldn't take the right. risk. Couldn't, I, I mean, he'd been true. there that long that he probably could tell that okay, Andy is a good man. He has a sense of right and wrong and justice, and like the warden, for all his bluster, knows deep down he's a piece of garbage like himself that like yeah because who could see him escaping at this point right so at this point the warden like i win yeah you know? the only way you're point. getting out is yeah. if i if if we give Ooh. the truth that you yeah didn't really murder your wife like yeah he's not even thinking about an escape or anything like that so he's like it, it's in my power to keep you here i am going to keep you here and i'm going to make life miserable for you if you Wow. Even threatened to cross me if you call me obtuse or whatever. <laughs> he <laughs> underestimated right. his yeah. opponent. You just yeah. made me realize, you guys, that that's the moment where Andy has the least power in the entire story. That's where the warden is like, you're mine. He puts him in this little hole for two months. And that happens right before Andy actually wins the the story, wins yeah. the game of yep. being in prison. And it's also wild to think that for two months, that tunnel was sitting there. In his empty yeah. cell covered by a poster. And then yeah. they, they like, turn the cells so many times, like checking them. You saw they would like flip up the bed and the mattress and just knock the stuff off the yeah. window. So it's amazing. They never like Andy had gotten himself such trust in there. Right. That they never like ripped. The, even that they allowed him to have it in the first place. But even when they tossed the cell, they never 
ripped it off the wall. Like that would have just, if they did that just once at any point over like 20 years, the jig was up and, and that never happened. <laughs> that's so, amazing. Yeah. Well, I think you're right. I think that's the trust he built up because they're like, okay, he, he's our guy. We'll let him, he's got his little corner loft or whatever he's at in his yeah. cell. Uh, conveniently, by the way, he's on a, you know, he's got no cellmate next to him. Right. But yeah, they were just like, Hey, you kind of works for us. We won't toss his cell. Let him have his rock hammer and make his chess pieces. Yeah. That's that's all he gets, but it makes him happy, so that'll keep him under our thumb. It's awesome. I think when you get into the ending of this movie, which we can get into right now, I think that's the that's the best part. I mean, it's like we talked about the reveal that these movies provide. My favorite scene, honestly, is when they when he's throwing rocks at the poster and oh, they move yeah. it, and they show the camera from the hole. Oh, that's a great the, shot. The warden, and then you see like the Morgan Freeman's faces. head, like, huh? yeah, because <laughs> like, he had, he really did have no idea. He they pull. Red out of his cell, like you, you, you're thick as thieves with him. Like you had to know what was going on. He's like, no, honestly, I didn't. And Andy never did tell him, right? Mm. And like, so he was just as surprised as anybody to see what Andy He's had like, done. What the hell is that? You <laughs> yeah. know? Yep. But that's where, like, that's where the narration I think comes in good. When he's like, he crawled through a mile of shit and puke and yep. whatever, and I was like, oh man, like, and like came him. out sweet smelling on the other side. <laughs> that's you right. Know? That's right. Yeah. You know, again, I don't want to be in prison. I don't want to crawl through any of that. (laughs) Just if I wasn't clear before, we're clear on that now. You know, at the time, probably one of the better movie endings that that are out there. You know what I mean? I think that's what that's what kind of ties us. Well, true, true. but people copy it now. You know, you see the kind of ending, and like there's there's movies that are similarly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But in '94, I don't know what else was out there. Uh, What came to mind was. uh, what's that movie with Richard Gere and Edward Norton? Was that around the same time? Oh, oh Primal Fear. Primal Fear. Fear. I, said, movie, I was yeah. like Kate Fear, but Oof. that would be wrong. I think that was in the same time. And we would have pounced era. on you if you'd said Kate I, I know, Fear that's, I, with I, Richard I, I Gere. Was, I'll just describe what? it. Like, <laughs> I would have related to you. It would have been a, gone a, another Gone Girl But I think that was maybe like three years or so later with Edward Norton when he came on scene because I know we've talked about Rounders. I think that was 98 so yeah, that I think right. that was just before yeah. then, like 97 probably. Okay, yeah that, yeah, that sounds right. But a similar twist. And that's what makes those movies awesome because you don't see them coming. They're, they're entertaining in their own right. And then the end happens and you're like, oh, okay. To yeah, me, so, I think that's amazing. So in the Shawshank Redemption, Andy, while seeming like this sort of boring, bland, nobody guy, was secretly tunneling for 20 years at night, removing the stones without being seen, learning, like creating a fake identity that he would funnel all the money to when he got out. He was figuring out how to go like out the sewer pipe, what shoes to wear. Not only all that, but here's another layer that blew my mind when I watched it last week. When he tells Morgan Freeman at this final conversation where he says, get busy living, get busy dying. And he says, I want you to do something for me if you ever get out of here. And he tells him about a specific tree in a specific cornfield, and there's going to be a rock. You got to lift the rock, right? Yep. Yep. This is probably obvious to you, but I didn't get it till this time. He hasn't done any of that yet. Oh yeah. No. He's telling him this is what you're going to do, but he he's still in prison. After he's the in, fact, he's he invented this it. whole he... other job mm. to leave money he's and a direction. He's thinking three for moves red ahead. under yep. this rock. I mean, it's just like it's so staggering how many things he was. Figuring out because he knew he was going to break out, go to this tree, yeah, you know, leave this package for Red yeah. to get him the rest of the way. And, so. and he did the whole thing right under everybody's noses, like without arousing suspicion. Everything he did, 
He got in good with the warden. He got in good with mm-hmm. the guards. He was friends with everybody not named Boggs and the rapists and everything in there. <laughs> and like the whole thing about the warden's corruption, he created this persona with a, its own social security number, its own bank accounts under the guise of this is for the warden to hide his corruption and his embezzlement and everything else. But yeah. really, so that didn't raise any red flags with the warden. It seemed like it was he was doing this for him, but really it was there for him waiting once he got out. Yeah. So everything he did was right under everybody's nose. The poster on the wall, tunneling out. Here's a question for you guys. Were there any moments where he almost got caught? I don't think so. The, I don't think the, so the either. The jig like, was almost up. No, nobody was ever <clears throat> on to him because he really was just, he's he's very smart, but he's just unassuming. He he doesn't really get in trouble outside of these couple things where he's just kind of, just for his friends, like the opera or the beers or whatever. Like He did a great job of just not drawing attention to himself. Yeah. And that's what allowed, like, at, at the end, he's got the warden's shoes on him, and Red says, how often do you look at a man's shoes? He walked right into his cell with these shiny mm-hmm. black dress shoes on. And if anybody looked at it, it that would have been it. That if the guard just it. happened to look down, but that, right. that's just not something they even thought to do. The only time I can think of, because he trusted Red so much, mm-hmm. he at one point told Red how he created these identities, like, during the library. And yeah, he's like, oh, I made this true. man up, and Red's like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, who's that? He's like, I conjured him. Like, that's a guy I made up. Yeah. And like Red at that point is not smart enough to put it together. He's like, I don't understand what you mean. Like, what do you mean you made somebody up? You can't just make somebody up. But yeah. because Andy knew how to, like he worked in the bank, right? So he knew paperwork people needed, what documentation you needed to get a license or to get, yeah. you know, to whatever. So yeah, other than that, I don't think there was anything even close. I thought of one. Okay. Only one. And I'll give you guys a hint. Okay. A Bible. Oh, well, having the, the rock hammer in the Bible, the, the pages uh, ripped out. But but where did he keep that? Because they didn't like, he know he had a rock hammer. Oh, because the that warden was, was holding it. Yeah, that was not something they let him have. That was like, that would have been taken. Oh, right? that's true. So he hid it Red in the Bible. And there's a scene where the warden takes his Bible and then he walks out and then he puts it back through the doors and hands him he his Bible back. It. And the, the rock hammer was in there. Yeah, because so yeah, that's talk right. about balls of steel. They toss his cell, and there's the rock cloth. It's almost like yeah. a sandpaper kind of yeah. thing. And they're like, ah, it's light contraband. We'll let him oh, have that. Because he was holding the Bible, but they didn't initially. know about the hammer. And the that's hammer right. was in his hand. Yeah, and yeah. then he hides the Bible in the safe at the end. Mm-hmm. So when the Reverend sees it, that's I mean, that's another iconic image from the movie. That's true. The Bible with the yeah. indentation cut and, out, and he looks at, at the wall. He's got the his judgment cometh, and that right soon. The that's warden right. sees it right there, <laughs> <That's laughs> nice. and he knows that the judgment is coming for him. So that's a moment that, like, for me, was so tense because the whole time they're talking, he's like a second away from getting yeah. caught. Why do you have this? Are you digging a hole in yourself? Well, psh, there it is, you know? Yeah. And even going, like, like wearing the shoes. Yeah. Like, that was, like, almost like an act of bravado that he really didn't need totally. to do. Like, it was unnecessarily <laughs> risky. And you're right, but, Mark. <laughs> anyone could have looked down and seen it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, maybe, like, these other couple moments, it's like he just wanted to feel free. Maybe he... He probably wasn't sure if this prison break was going to work. Yeah. Maybe this is the last night he's alive. He's going to get caught and eaten by dogs or shot or beaten to death. Yeah. So, like, he's guaranteeing himself this one moment where he feels like a free man. Whether he's going to make it or not, he's at least going to feel it on his go. walk back to the cell. This poses the question for me, are all wardens corrupt? <laughs> like, every movie you see, the warden's on the take or something, right? So if you are if you work for, like, a Department of Correction and you're, like, the commissioner or whatever the title is, like, what kind of scrutiny it like, just makes, do they do? It makes for a good villain archetype because usually when you're in these movies, like, if you're spending a lot of time with the prisoners... Well, I, I mean because, in real life. 
like right. in, in real life. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you, like again, you've don't hang a, on in prisons. Mark, you know? you've thought a lot about real prison. Yeah. Well, because this, this of is part of what, what, what have you done? Let's unpack, Mark. What's going on? What's in your trunk right now? Because you, I mean, you watch. I mean, you guys have seen other prison movies. And there's never – I can't think of any movie that I've seen where the warden isn't – Right. Like, they have you know, all the power. And I don't know how you prevent it. Like I'm not saying I have a solution because I don't. I look at a warden and I'm like – I, I kind of tie it to a politician. You know, Like in my opinion, all politicians are on the take. Like there's something <laughs> that you're doing you know, and maybe it's because movies corrupt us. But it's like you're in the position of power. And you got, that's power. Power right. is corrupting. Yeah. That makes and sense. If, yeah. And if you're the warden and everything we just talked about like, and you're saying – Hey, you know, oh, you're not going to tell. Okay, well, you're going in the hole. I'm killing this guy. I own you. If you have that opportunity, you're going to do the opportunity. Like we've seen Game of Thrones. Like that's what you do. Like yeah. you know, like that's the move. I'm just wondering how. Like maybe not to that extreme. I, I don't know how much of that actually happens. So maybe yeah. at some point I'll get a. Well, the a, saying goes: power corrupts, something. and absolute power corrupts absolutely. So yeah. someone like the warden that is like God in there. He's the be all end all. He controls everything. Here's a deep cut example of that. Okay. The movie Instinct with Cuba Gooding Jr. and Anthony Hopkins. Okay. Did you all ever see that one? I've not seen it's that been one. A, no. It's been a while. So but... Anthony Hopkins lives with, he goes to study gorillas and apes and he ends up living with them for two years yeah. and sort of has this like mental epiphany about like what's the right way to live in the world. And huh. he feels like animals have a more, anyway, this is diff- this is that story. So he ends up getting caught and he's very violent and he gets put in prison and Cuba Gooding Jr. is a psychologist who's trying to find out what happened and what he learned. And there's a warden who is like actively preventing him from visiting Anthony Hopkins. So it's that same character where he's in charge. He literally says like, this is, you're in my world. Like I decide when you visit. It's kind of a power trip. Yeah. I can't think of a single warden character from a movie that is, even one percent good. They're always evil. They're always All right. corrupt. Challenge accepted. Yeah, right? yeah. if you're going to have to go searching, yeah, and you can find a good warden movie. That would be pretty impressive. Yep. Okay. Well, that's going to be the challenge, and that that slides <laughs> right know. into slides right into the guards too. There's always guards on the take, like in these movies, and I mm-hmm. wonder how much of that is real. So maybe we'll get a prison guard or something to come on the podcast and give us some some lowdown. That could be your dirt. fourth podcast. That would, could be, yeah. <laughs> the, the inner workings the of the world of, of correction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you were, yeah, and we may be determined I'm not going to be an inmate. But, I, okay. I think we're um, determining that you well, might okay. be, Mark. <laughs> yeah, I so, think they, uh, will, they will play this recording in court. Yeah, uh, at Ma- some Mark point, was too. an innocent man. It took doing a podcast to make him <laughs> a criminal. <laughs> yeah, we don't have <laughs> deeper Yeah. Nicely done. Uncovered some rocks in your past. (laughs) So, if you had to have a job in prison, what would you? What would you want to be? Definitely more on the intellectual side of things than the hard labor. Like I'd I'd want to be more in the Andy Dufresne. Not that I'm an accountant necessarily, but something where I can, I can sit and put my glasses on and use my brain. (laughs) That sounds a lot better than doing the laundry or digging holes or whatever else they do in there. Uh, I mean, do do you have financial skills like? Dufresne, where you, you I'm do- a smart guy. I can figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would imagine I'm more equipped than a lot of the 
inmates to handle matters like that, but I don't know. I don't want to be presumptuous. So you're a white collar criminal, is what I, you're I'm saying. De- yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a white collar criminal. <laughs> okay. I think you get less jail time for that if you look <laughs> yeah. at culture was, and. Yeah, I'd have a nice cell. Yeah, I'd, I'd get some, get some off TV just time. Just about scot free. Yeah. yeah. I'd still get to watch my movies. We could still do the podcast. It's okay. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh so you're like a rapper doing an album in prison. Yeah, we're there in we block three. <laughs> we're doing. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Terrence cannot be stopped from this podcast. I love it. What about you? Is there a prison I thought job of it and then I forgot it. Oh, I think I would do something with supply chain. I'm very detail-oriented. I'm very interested in efficiency. You'd work the, the commissary so I think desk, I would, maybe? I would, like, I would want to chat about that, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was trying sure. to list different jobs, like, based off of this movie and then some others. So this laundry, like you mentioned, this kitchen. Running the library is good. I can do that. This kitchen staff, like, library is yeah. one of them. If, I don't know how many prison libraries they have. I mean – you know, but uh, listen, I'll write to my congressman every, <laughs> you know, every other week. There you go. What I would do, though, to survive, to get any type of social status or protection would be, I think I would do storytelling. Story I would have telling. to try to perform. It's like this idea, right? What do you have that's yours that might show value to other people, yeah. right? In, in a situation like that where, like, all you got is – if you ever entertain these like yeah i think i would be like i'd go through my stand-up material go through some (laughs) stories i'd be at night writing stuff on the walls like because i'd I'd create a vicious cycle for myself where if i stop being funny then you're expendable i'm I'm out so i I would (laughs) yeah it would start off well and then it would be like a job yeah it's either that or you got to just beat up the biggest guy in there that's what they always tell you that's not gonna be me yeah (laughs) that's true that is what they say start writing the vin diesel approach to uh (laughs) yeah i don't have the jason statham skill set so (laughs) i I know what i don't have right right yeah so those are some of the jobs i mean you could be the movie projector guy i don't know how long yeah yeah there you go but but that, maybe that's part of the library because you – do we think any uh, actors peaked in this movie? Uh, we mentioned Tim Robbins and Mystic River is awesome in that. Uh, this is my favorite version of him. Same for Morgan Freeman. I mean just objectively for like real movie historians that know all the ins and outs of their career like Morgan Freeman. I think – did he win the Oscar for Unforgiven? I think he maybe or, or he, he won it for Driving Miss Daisy, although yeah. I don't know if that movie's as well thought of as the years have gone on compared yeah, so to Yeah, so I, I guess when I say peaked like – you're right. Like so, what you're saying is like if he won awards for a different movie, I'm. I guess I'm thinking of it more of like my favorite pieces. Oh, peaked for us. Yeah, yeah for, you, per- for you personally. personally. I like, yeah, that's yeah. a different question. Yeah. Yeah, personally for me, for this you? is my favorite. Uh, yeah, not Siskel and Ebert peaked. Right. Yeah, yeah. Not like I want Terrence peaked. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman. This is my favorite. This role is for your them. top movie Absolutely. for them. Yeah. Another oh, yeah. way to ask that question might be like. If you think of if I give you an actor name, what's the first movie you think? This is of? it for both. And of I them think for me, both yeah. of them, me too. That's yeah. true too. Okay. Shawshank. Then Bruce Almighty or whatever for Morgan Freeman. But I really think you go Morgan Freeman. I go. That's yeah. There's right, only so, one role. <laughs> so if I um, if I ask you what movie you think of when I say Morgan Freeman, what do you think of? Yeah, Shawshank. <laughs> okay. I didn't mean to <laughs> say you need to ask it. I was just. It's an interesting question, right? Yeah. You no, I think Tom that's a, Cruise or something. Not Gone yeah. Girl. That's What's my the number one. <laughs> yeah, Morgan Freeman, Gone Girl, yeah. obviously. Yeah. I think we can all agree. Yeah, he's uncredited in that version of the <laughs> yeah. film. Yeah. What's your favorite scene? I mean, was it the ending? Is that too obvious? Like the ending? I mean, reveal? it is the ending, but yeah, that's that's probably most people's answer. But it, this movie's just filled with great scenes. Like you have just the scene where he's playing the opera music. It's like mm-hmm. it's it's not super consequential to him eventually breaking out and like the plot of the movie, but like it's just it's it's just a perfect scene. It's a perfect movie okay. scene. One of those like goosebump kind of scenes. Yeah. I think yeah, I just would say that. Just give us your top couple because 
I'd, I'd say the besides the ending, the opera scene. I, we also haven't mentioned Brooks, the older mm-hmm. inmate that eventually gets out, and like his story yeah. is so good, even though it's so, so well contained in a short period of time. Like he gets out, he has such trouble living on the outside. Like he mentions a line of he he remembers seeing a car once when he was younger. He's been in prison so long that like he basically. The world is passed well, this, by. This gets into the movie taking place in the forties. Yeah, right. You put this movie in now time. Yeah, you couldn't have it's that. A, it's a whole different. It's a whole different writing. But I think with the Brooks piece, they put it in there for that reason to say how life in prison has changed him, right? But also setting the stage for when Morgan Freeman gets yes, out. Yes, exactly. The same grocery store. It looks the like the apartment. same thing might happen to him, but yeah. But- Andy's note to him and everything kind of keeps him going. Uh, the the yeah. Brooks part was good. I mean, the Brooks was here, kind of a, I don't want to say iconic little sketching yeah. or whatever, but that's a cool little image. But to me, that's really where his story ended for me. I didn't, I mean, that's, that's just me. I, you hate Brooks. You just say, <laughs> I don't hate Brooks. No, like, you know? Yeah, I, I just wanted to bring him up. It's not like my number one favorite scene or anything. Okay. But I, I just thought it was interesting and kind of important to the movie. Like yep. I'm just bringing that up. But yeah, oh, the, great. The, the ending character. is the the best the best part. Colin, what what's your uh, your favorite scene? Um, definitely the Italian opera scene is one of. Yeah. I would say a smaller scene that's really great. Well, two. One is when the prisoners are talking about where to file books in the library, and Haywood is like Alexander dumbass. Yeah, and he's like Dumas. And then he says that book's about a prison break, and he says they should put we should put this under educational. Yep, you so know, good. it's like everyone's perfect in that scene. And then I think the scene where Andy and Morgan Freeman talk at the end, the last time we see Andy's character, where he says "Get busy living, get busy dying," like that scene, I think is really perfect. And so to me, this is like I love this idea that a scene can be its own story. Like you could just tell the scene of the prisoners talking about the books and you kind of get so much of what the movie is about. Just if you only knew that one scene, Mm. I think this is a movie where like they're all that for me. And it's almost like the opposite question, which I know we'll get to in a second is like, would you cut a scene? And for me, I wouldn't even know. Nothing comes to mind, but that doesn't mean you guys might not feel that way, but I ties. And this movie has so many of those scenes that are just so great on their own. Yeah. But also it has such great callbacks to like prior moments. Like we talked about Red and Brooks. Like he has the same grocery job. He lives in the same apartment. There's the line earlier on where uh, Red says, hope is a dangerous thing. Hope can drive a man yeah. insane. Hope has no use on the inside. And then it comes full circle at the end. Yeah. It's like hope is a good – in Andy's Andy response to that in his letter to Red, he's like hope is a good thing. Maybe the best of things, and no good thing ever dies. Like that's just I'm getting goosebumps. Perfectly, now. yeah, <laughs> pays off. So good, yeah. Connects. Good. good. I thought of another awesome scene. I'm a sucker for a movie in a movie. Oh and yeah. So when, when they're, they're watching, watching Rita Hayworth, I love when Morgan Freeman goes like, "Hold on, hold on." I love when she does that shit with her hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her hair. yeah. <laughs> they all flip out. Yeah, yeah, they all lose their minds. Cause yeah, they, they. I mean, they don't have any. Interaction with females. In no, there, not so at all. That's, that treat. might be the only female character in the movie is Rita Hayworth flipping her hair. I think, and I think the they wife show who is his, killed. The wife, the wife, the wife, yeah, the wife earlier. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was, that's another interesting thing about the movie is it's just like an entirely male driven cast. And I think structurally that makes sense. It's a male prison. That's why I think I love that. It's also so like emotional because it's, it's not a prison break. Type move. It's not an action yeah. movie yeah. version of a prison. Yeah, I like all the ones you've mentioned uh, were good. 
I just like the shot of, like I said, the camera from the hole when the reveal. Yeah. And you see the three heads looking in, like, what's the going music on? starts building. You know? and yeah. 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 And yeah. that's when they start explaining, like, how like how it happened. I thought that was kind of a cool scene. But as far as favorite quotes, it sounds like, Colin, you kind of touched upon that a little bit with the hope the hope scene. Yeah. Get busy living, get busy dying. Yeah. Like, that's, mm-hmm. those, are good, those are good quotes. I think it was the scene where Andy Dufresne's talking to Morgan Freeman in the library. He's like, yeah, I figured this all out. I had to come to prison to be a crook. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I thought that way. was kind of ironic because I think that's what you get out of a lot of prison movies. Like you go to prison for life. It turns you into institutionalized. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. That kind of speaks volumes because the idea of prison is to rehabilitate. And I don't know that it does that. The way we do it in the U.S., it's not it's more about punishment. rehabilitation. Yeah. You look at countries like Norway and uh, a prisoner may live completely free. And have to check in, but like has access to work opportunities and has a nice place that they live. And it's all built on this idea that there's a hurting person in there that we can restore. Mm. And yeah, unfortunately, the way we do it here is it's punishment. It's a mass production type of punishment. It's a business too. framework. It's a business. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. We talk about the warden's corruption and we're not totally sure about like, are all wardens corrupt or all guards corrupt? Mm. But yeah, you've got like these kind of prison what's what's the word i'm looking for prison industrial yeah the prison industrial complex exactly like they're building prisons this is like a source of funds and income it's like almost like that's the reason it exists not to rehabilitate or make society better or whatever but but we're we're getting into heady waters that we might not be equipped i know this is becoming a sociological (laughs) podcast that'll be a different episode before Um, we go on the uh the best our favorite quote um we've mentioned most of the good ones but i love we talked about Red's narration and how iconic Morgan Freeman is in this. So I feel like we got to have one of his lines. And I like where he says, I like to think the last thing that went through his head, other than that bullet, was to wonder how the hell Andy, Frank, oh, Andy yeah. Dufresne had gotten the best of him yeah. like after it's all yeah. been revealed and the warden blows his brains out. I love that line. <laughs> so, um, you know, Colin, you just answered this already, too. But like if there's any I call them bathroom break scenes, yeah. like where you're just like, oh, what, what, what scene don't you need to watch? Nothing came to mind either. I, I feel like this was a movie where the entire movie doesn't have the action that we talked about. So I don't want to say it was slow paced, because, but I think it was just evenly paced across. Mm-hmm. Because the dialogue's so good, you don't want to miss some of that dialogue because you miss you might miss a backstory or something like that. So for me, I didn't really have any bathroom break scenes. Like there's nothing that okay. stood out as like, hey, like you could probably cut this scene out and I'm good. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, the movie's over two hours, but like it's so rich the writing and the mm-hmm. acting and the character interaction mm-hmm. that like you really don't want to miss any of that because it's all it's all building towards yeah the end so what about the title um was that stephen king's title it was uh, close yeah. you said rita, rita hayworth, hayworth and, shawshank and the redemption, shawshank redemption right? oh that yeah. was the initial title yeah that was one of the uh reasons they thought maybe the book didn't do or the movie didn't do well because it's it's sort of a unusual title it it's heady title. it's long yeah yeah and um, shawshank has no significance to anybody right. that hasn't read the book or seen the movie yet so yeah like, and it's not this? like shawshank colon redemption you know it's not, it doesn't <laughs> yeah. indicate that would a, change a uh, lot a tie action movie yeah, yeah. um that's but, the michael bay version yeah 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 I, i've been thinking about that this whole time <laughs> now it's a universe so that's just part one jason Statham's uh, right. in there beating yeah. people up <laughs> that's right i thought another title could have just been dufresne Dufresne. You know what I mean? Because, like, it's all about him for the most part. You know what I mean? I guess it's, you know, as we said earlier, Morgan Freeman's probably more the the star. But but otherwise, I was thinking the same thing. I think, like, I don't know what Shawshank means. To Mm -hmm. this day, I still don't. 
You know, I've mm-hmm. never used it in a sentence outside of talking about this movie. You know what I mean? So, like, is a verb or something? When <laughs> I don't, I don't, that's what I mean. It's just like, the name of the prison. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I, but I wouldn't know that. You know what I mean? It's right? Like, yeah, of course. You know, I assume that means you don't have a better title in mind that you might have. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we we seem to just talk about movies we love, so I tend to love the title. So <laughs> I'm fair. pretty simple on this front. That's fair. That's, that's fair. an interesting question. What would be a better title? I like I like what you came up with. I'm happy with the title also. I think somebody, had, Tim Robbins, had said that he'd been asked, like, why do you think it didn't do well? And one of the factors, besides all the other great movies that came out at the same time, was people would call it that shimmy shake movie, <laughs> a shimmy shimmy shake. And then he said some people would call it the scrimshaw reduction, okay, which yeah. is obviously a joke. But yeah. I do think it illustrates the idea that the words are essentially meaningless without knowing yeah. the story. Well, so I relate that to like when I was starting like a podcast, for example, if you're coming up with a name for, for anything, whether it's a, a band name or a show or whatever yeah. it is, like you want to you want to hear the name and know what it's about. Like the, ideally, that's what you'd want, and not every not every show out there does that. But this is one of those cases where you don't know what that is. Yeah. So if this was, if you take a movie like was the Clint Eastwood Escape from Alcatraz, yeah, well, you know what that's about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just the from Walking the title. Dead. The Walking Dead, right? So <laughs> that ties in. And you're like, hey, this is what we're talking about here. Um, and a lot of movies don't do that. I mean, you could take the Green Mile. You don't know what the Green Mile is. That's either. true. You know yeah. what I mean? It's tough. So, but it's it's a choice that the Director makes, you know what I mean? It's a good conversation, though, as far as, like, what gets people in the theaters to see it, as opposed to what lasts. Like, this movie has stood the test of time. It's, like, almost 30-year anniversary for it now. And, yeah, it didn't hit at the box office, but it's just kind of kept growing and growing. It was on TNT all the time. Everybody's seen it a million times. Now you know. And now you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. So, yeah, it maybe did hurt them in the box office if they didn't have a more catchy, like, pull them into the seats kind of title, but... Yeah, but yeah, long term, it, it's worked out. Okay, but looking back, it's a cool title, yeah. actually. And yeah. you can just be like, "Oh, I'm watching Shawshank." Shawshank like, you, you don't have to say the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah, true, true. So, do we think this is worthy of any kind of sequel or a TV show? I mean, it's kind. Of, I mean, it's '94 when this came out, so I guess we've we've had other prison movies and prison TV shows. For me, I say because it's in the '40s, I'm thinking no. I don't know if this is interesting enough to keep it going. It's just such a perfect story like the ending and everything like i'm a big believer in when you've got a great ending like don't go back on that don't ruin that like if someone said yeah they're making a shawshank remake or a an eight episode prestige tv show i'm sure i'd watch it because i love the movie so much but really it's like this is perfect leave it alone okay <laughs> we don't need to do agreed, it agreed agreed <laughs> what about alternate castings right so just some of the fun facts of people that turned okay. down the role gene hackman was was big Robert for, Duvall. For, this is for Tim Robbins' part? Um, I'm not sure which parts of what, Oh, okay. um, to be honest. I think they were just considered for Gene Hackman parts. would be the warden, for sure. He would make it's a good... Be. But he wasn't... Uh, in 94, was he... I don't know how old he was he's in 94. He's always been old. I guess, yeah. Yeah, he's always looked too. the same. I but mean, he's not been in, in the French... Movie. Even in the French Connection, he looked like he was... Yeah, he was five. Five. in Hoosiers. True. That yeah. was like 76 <laughs> or something. Yeah, that's true, yeah. too. He's, to me, he's like Morgan Freeman. He's only uh, always ever been old. Well, the, was, two, the two of them were in Unforgiven together. That could oh, have been yeah. a, a reunion. Yeah. I, I wonder if he could have played the red character... Oh, right. Okay, you know what I mean? Course, could, I mean, yeah. wouldn't be Dufresne in that case, but... Gene Hackman could do anything. He's awesome, but I think no, he's, sure. he's got a harder edge. Like, like Morgan Freeman, like, as far as being red... Well, like, this is always so hard, isn't it? It, it yeah. is, yeah. But, but yeah, if, if you told me <laughs> where are you going to put Gene Hackman into this movie, 
I okay. go to Warden. I think he could have like that kind of. He's well, got that underlying bit of he could turn on you. He. But could what be about Robert Duvall? Like what do you? Same thing. I mean, he would be a good warden. Probably more too. warden. You got Clint Eastwood. Tommy Lee Jones still would be a good warden. You said Clint, Clint Eastwood. Sure. Eastwood probably a little old. He's too rough edge for this. I think. I don't know that yeah. he. Uh, Paul Newman was another one, probably maybe warden at ninety four because he was. That would be interesting though, because Newman wasn't typically like. The he bad, was the evil what, character. When did Color of Money come out? Like he was uh, eighty six or something. Late eighties. Like okay, maybe. yeah. So this being almost call it ten years later, almost. Yeah. So yeah, age wise, he's good. Yeah. I think, but so people that turned down the role, I think this was the Dufresne, like Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, Kevin Costner. All of them didn't want the role. They didn't understand. Oh really? The, yeah. I saw Hanks and Costner turned it down. Yeah, which I thought they, was interesting. They said they didn't understand like the title kind of thing. Uh, that's probably what it was. Um, I have to look to see what they were doing at the time. I'm sure that's not the only reason. I'm sure there's. Other I think factors, it, I, but... I didn't see a lot of reasoning behind. I, I I think Hanks was because he was shooting yeah. Forrest Gump. Well, Forrest Gump came ones. out. Yeah, he was yeah, a that, busy man at that time. Those are to think about too. Hanks was in the uh, the Hanks division at that point. Like he was doing his oh, own. Oh, he was rolling one of a kind. Yeah. yeah, different movie with Hanks in this. I think Tim Robbins played Dufresne like pretty pretty good. I think so. Some other people considered were uh, Johnny Depp. I don't know what he was doing at the oh, time. Nicholas no. Cage. I don't to, know if he would have pulled that Dufresne? off. I, yeah. I'm not a big and, Johnny Depp guy. Like, and how about Charlie Sheen? Keep him as like Jack Charlie Sparrow. Sheen. That's the kind of, like, just kind of the kooky You, you missed though. He said Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. That? Charlie oh. Sheen. Like, <laughs> Randy Dufresne. Like, could you picture any he, of those guys? You can't be unassuming. No. Nicholas Cage doesn't do unassuming and low key. Like, I, I love that, him. True. I think that's kind of the point by you sharing this list I'm realizing is He's perfect because he's so nondescript. Yeah, there's too yeah. much star like power Tim with Robbins these other is, guys. You need that. You need but a it, guy you would believe would actually die in that prison, not you'd be waiting for him to. Like, yeah, Tom was, Cruise, yeah. he's going to yeah, yeah, be huge on Tom the Cruise. poster. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a totally different feel to the movie. That's wild. Yeah, totally true. <laughs> totally true. As far as the soundtrack for this movie goes, uh, besides the opera singer, I mean – Mostly unnoticeable to me. Like, it didn't make it mm. better or worse. I mean, it just... I'm a big film score guy, so I got to say this is a, a really good one. This okay. is Thomas Newman. He did American Beauty. And it's really great. I think it does work really well. I think there are probably certain scenes that if you were to take that's the swell of the orchestra. Like, the end. Think about the end. Like, the way the orchestra swells yeah. as he's walking on the beach. Like, it really does something special. But the cues that stand out the most to me are the song in the beginning when he's in the car it's okay. like if i didn't yeah. care it's very like almost doo-wop old mm -hmm. puts you in that time period okay and then the opera of course yeah. and, and then we mentioned too like when the warden throws the pebble through the poster and they peer through and then it's like din -din 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 -din. the music yeah. gets going yeah. it kind of ramps up to seeing how andy pulled this all yeah. off that was a pretty good but i think cue. i don't know if a lot of people do care about that much but i i've always liked him and then because I don't really like classical music per se, but I grew up listening to like the Braveheart soundtrack. I would play mm -hmm. over and over, you know, so that's kind of my pop classical, I guess. Yes. But, yeah. but yeah, I even took a class with a for a credit in college I needed to get where the guy was talked about film composing. And oh, nice. Fully geeked out, mm. you know. <laughs> I should stop, but I'll just say one thing. <laughs> I can feel I've lost you, so I'll make this quick. Not at all. He talks about the idea that each character has a theme, has a musical theme. Yeah. So sometimes, like, a great example of this, very different movie. Star Wars has that. Yeah. I did hear that. Totally. Because every time you see, like, Leia or Han Solo or something, yeah. there's, a, there's a little music You got the flutes in it. the background with yeah. that. Yeah, theme, it's yeah. like reinforcing the story and the journey. So yep. this is a movie that has probably has Red's theme 
right? Uh, yeah, I'm sure and there's you something would see in there. it yeah. grow as he becomes more. I confident. first noticed that in uh, Return of the Jedi when yeah. uh, she's rescuing Han Solo from the carbonite and she takes her mask off, and as yeah. soon as she takes it off, the the music just takes a turn for like, oh, it's Leia. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it, it's like this lighter hearting. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So once you notice that, you'll notice it because yeah. it it's also a way of showing the character is changing. Yeah, and especially it's the when the same theme, but it'll and... be bigger, it'll be different instruments. Or yeah, be... they can iterate on it. And... Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a neat, neat thing. I said, we're starting a film school. Let's say, let's, yeah, let's, let's do it. it. Let's do it. <laughs> we'll put it together. The double take film school. That's oh, it. So I think we, I think I know the answer to this one, but we didn't really have any issues with this movie besides, uh, besides nothing really. I mean, I thought it's just a well done movie. I mean, that's that's why we're talking about it today. Like, I think we just enjoyed a lot about it. It was hard to, you know, I go into it thinking like, how can I kind of pick this apart a little bit? Like, if if you could remake it now, how would this go? And nothing. I Good luck. Yeah, they, yeah this, this movie's a lot of people's favorite movie of all time for a reason. I think it's mm. pretty airtight. Mm-hmm. I think just the title. Right, the title, which is, I think they know, but it is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Stick to your guns. I think, Colin, this is a question you asked us before when we did Warrior. You know, if you had to be a character in this movie, oh. which, which one are you? What a great question. That's, um, <laughs> who thought of such a question? I think realistically I would be the red character, I think. I think he's the one who's changed by Andy Dufresne. Okay. Like he goes from hopeless to hopeful. But I remember when I was younger, I really connected with Andy Dufresne's character because he's sort of putting this out into the world. Like he's changing the library. He's changing the prison by building the library, by introducing music. Like he's making it a better place, right? And it's kind of an interesting thing is like you could totally read this movie as a religious parable where Dufresne is like the Jesus character. I went to a religious college, so that's something that people talked about. Okay. But I also don't look at it that way now, and I think it still totally works as just a story about a person who is just different. He's just different from everyone else in that world and the impact that that has. So I would say Andy Dufresne's the most inspiring, but I would probably be the guy who was inspired by him. You'd be the one who... Was known to get some things from time to time. Yeah, 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 totally. I can get some things. <laughs> I, I, I could see what you, Colin, you on your like thirtieth uh, parole hearing, like finally just changing, changing your tune, being like, <laughs> so, 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 mark your form there, Sonny, because uh, to tell you the truth, I don't give a shit. That's right. And that's how he gets. It. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's another perfect. Like you see that scene three times in the movie, and only the third time is it different. Yeah, he's just telling he's them changed. what he thinks they want to hear. Yeah. But yeah, he really has changed by that point. Yeah, and totally. Andy's changed him. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Which character? I I, I identify the most with Andy, not in like a uh, egotistical sense, as he's the star of the movie, but just like as far as like pretty cerebral guy. I like to think that I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think about not going to prison as much as Mark does, but if I did, <laughs> um, I think I would behave in a similar manner. I'd like I try to lay low, try to get in good with everybody, just kind of use my brain to kind of make it. Yeah. On the inside there. and Nice. Yeah, and Andy, just his whole story of, like, he really didn't do it. Like, like he does have a line. Like, I, I love how he takes responsibility for himself, too. He doesn't just totally feel like he's wronged and this is all an injustice. Like, he, he says to Red at one point, he's like, I, I killed her, Red. Like, I didn't mm. pull the trigger, but I killed her. Like, I drove her away. Like, not necessarily that I identify with that, but just, like, taking ownership yeah. of yourself and and the... Uh, the circumstances around you and the consequences of what you do. Like, I don't know. I just, Andy is just such an identifiable character. And I mean, also you'd love to be the the guy at the end that just like 
made it out and like ripped his shirt off in the rain. He finally totally. had freedom and he's just waiting on that beach for red. Like <laughs> I, I, he's, he's one of my all time characters. Awesome. Andy Dufresne. So yeah, I go with him. Mm-hmm. What about you, Mark? I don't have the patience to be Andy Dufresne. <laughs> okay. All uh, right. I love that. So he's out. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not that. Don't big, say but... Brooks. No, we I said you I'll... couldn't make it on the inside. I'm worried no. you're going to say Brooks. No, no. I, I would probably, honestly, I'd probably be Hayward. Out of everyone's way, just kind of laying back in the cut and just wise cracking. Just yeah, just you know, good didn't, hang. Didn't didn't bring anything to the table, but didn't take anything away. Either. You know what I mean? I'm just nice. hanging out. I think that if again, if I had to be in prison, you want to lay low. You know, yeah. I don't I don't have comedic chops to to entertain people. I don't have the you know the smarts to like, hey, let me do your taxes for you. You know what I mean? So. It'd have to be a the the bro. I'd have to be. It'd be the glue. I'd have to be the buddy. Be the glue. That's, yeah, yeah that's an important happen. role. Yeah, I, that that's what I'd have to be. Like he, like I said, he doesn't do anything great. Like he's kind of goofy. He's picking up dried shit and singing out loud. Like <laughs> like I'd probably end up doing that. Can, can we you hear Hank Williams? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you identify with karaoke that. here. I do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see I could see me doing that. But hey, what's this guy's a fonso? Like, you're an idiot, you know. But but that's what keeps you know like you just. Part of the part of the crew, so yeah. I think just kind of stay. So it sounds like we radar. could all go in prison together, and we we, we make have it. A crew. We, we got our group already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right on. Nice. Right on. We just need a Morgan um, Freeman, and and if know. I wasn't if I wasn't clear before, I do not want to go to prison. I'm just, okay, I you, you okay. weren't. I, I actually <laughs> did not know if you did. Okay. Did not want. <laughs> nice, nice, cool. Well, that's uh that that wraps it for me. Um, any closing thoughts uh, for you guys on this? I mean, anything we missed? W- do you remember when you first saw it? when or where, like where it hit you in your life. I think for me it was probably high school, but I remember in college was when it really kicked off because people had the poster on the wall yeah. of Red and um, Andy yeah. meeting. Red's got the baseball glove. Yeah. Like, that was like a, a moment that really stood out to me. Do you guys remember like when you saw it? I, honestly, it was probably something, probably a replay of like TNT. Yeah. You know, it, I think it was a matter of, I think the first couple of times I saw it, it was never from start to finish. It was just, it's on, you watch it. That's what I remember. Yeah, I don't know that. I I've... think that is a lot of people have that memory. Yeah. Because it was like a daytime movie for a long time, like on daytime TV. And what that says to me is how good it was that you watched it with commercials yep. and yeah. with edits to the language. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's like, like a three and, and a half, out. four hour experience. Yeah, you, you still TNT. would watch it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. For me, I, I was 11 when it came out. So yep. I definitely didn't see it in the movies. I would guess I probably saw it a couple years later, like maybe eighth, ninth grade. But yeah, I, I wish I could see it for the first time again. I know I watched it a ton. Like it was on TV all the time. I got the DVD and it's just one of those movies that was kind of always present. Good totally. good movie though. I'm, I'm glad it exists. I'm glad that we're able to, to do this and talk about it. All right. Well, thanks everyone that's, uh, that's made it this far in the podcast. We appreciate it. This was uh, the premiere episode of the Double Take Podcast along with Colin and Terrence. I appreciate you guys being here and uh, be sure to check us out. If you have movies that, that you want to see, you think we should talk about, I mean, by all means hit us up and um, you know, let us know what, you, what your thoughts are on, on, on our thoughts and all right, everybody. Well, thanks for checking in and uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Thanks. Thanks.